Hey everybody, welcome to session five of Reality Sessions. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I put anything out. Um, I've been working through and dealing with some, some personal things here. Uh, my 13-year-old daughter had a neural surgery, essentially a brain surgery, um, last week. Uh, she had what is called a Chiari malformation and had to go in and have decompression uh, surgery done. And so we just got home this past weekend from the hospital. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just been kind of a roller coaster ride these past couple of weeks. But I have to tell you, it is absolutely incredible to see the faith of my daughter. She, my daughter is my hero. Uh, for the weeks leading up to the surgery, uh, she was absolutely the picture of confidence, of calm, uh, of faith, uh, even much more calm and, and, and much more put together at times than, than me and my wife were. And just seeing the faith in my 13-year-old daughter was just, it's an incredible blessing. And it's a challenge, too. And it is incredible to see God move and work in her and in her body physically, you know, to see her recover as fast as she has. Just an absolute blessing. And so that's where I've been the past couple of weeks. Uh, so I wanted to get back on um, session five here. You know, last week we talked about the tornado and, and all of the things that, that came with that, where it came and took the church and destroyed uh, everything and really uprooted our life and everything just seemed to be falling apart, you know, rubble everywhere, uh, both the physical rubble of the destruction of the church, but I'm going to tell you, man, it, it caused a lot of internal emotional rubble. And I got to thinking when I was getting ready for this episode, I got to thinking about the term that we use, you know, everything's falling apart at the seams or busting at the seams. And it's kind of an interesting term. Obviously, it's a uh, direct reference to uh, cloth that is stitched together. So, you know, falling apart at the seams directly references uh, the separation of areas of cloth where they meet due to wear and tear on the stitching. So, where those two sections of cloth meet, where the stitches are, Busting apart at the seams is where that stitching rips. The stitching is what maintains the functionality of the garment itself. Much the same way stained glass has the binding between the individual shards of glass that it's the glue that holds things together, right? So all, of, all through our life and all through uh, our, our individual circumstances and things, we have terminology that is essentially the same or very similar. And it's this idea that we have different areas, different things that come together to create a cohesive uh, picture of unity. But in order to do that, there has to be something that holds them all together. Uh, you know, what is our life if it's not a collection of different fabrics, if you will? Different regions, different areas, different parts of, you know, in quotations, cloth, uh, things like career, our family, uh, our social life, our hobbies, all these different things. They're different regions of our life. And these regions of fabric, they bind together to make up the very essence of who we are. In short, these things together give our life shape and purpose. But these things don't always just naturally line up with one another. They have to have something hold them in place to line up. The areas in our life need to be held together or else our life falls apart. They need a common element to be present in all areas, in, through, and throughout. 
And the term falling apart at the seams, a small, just a little tear in the stitching on a seam, if it's not addressed, repaired, restitched right away, it becomes this massive hole, this gaping hole, and eventually makes the garment completely unfunctional. The pieces are all still there, but it can't function because it's not held together the way it's supposed to. You know, 2022 was uh, the most difficult year of, of probably mine and my wife's life, both of our lives, my kids' lives. It was the most difficult year of our lives. You know, the church, everything that we had been working for and towards for the past three years was gone. And it, it, overnight, it had been wiped away. You know, as a church, we were meeting at a weird time uh, in a borrowed facility. It was another church, but it was not our home. It wasn't ours. And it was a weird time. And so... We had adopted a plan to rebuild the church. Uh, we, we had an architect come in. We had the church plans drawn up, completed. We had started work on the, the actual build site. We'd done all the dirt work. We were working on and getting the plumbing done and those things. Uh, we were just waiting on our building permit. And everything in, in, from the outside looking in, man, there was all kinds of anticipation for the future because it looked like everything was just one thing after another and there was all kinds of excitement and anticipation. But the behind the scenes wasn't nearly as pretty. I'm going to tell you something. The strain of church leadership is real. And our family was already feeling those strains even before the tornado came. And then the added weight of the church being destroyed, it only complicated everything. In short, things just kind of went from bad to worse. And we as people, and maybe I'm just talking about me, but so many times we as people, when things start going bad, when instead of pulling people in to hold us up, we begin to push people away. And that's kind of what happened even in my family. I began to push my wife away, and we began to, to, to be at one another's throats all the time. And all of a sudden, I realized that my marriage was in shambles, my children were suffering, and I was doing everything I could to try to salvage our lives, our marriage, and the church. But you see, therein lay the problem, is because I was trying. I was trying to do everything instead of allowing him to do it. I was trying to put all the pieces back together and hold them together, and I couldn't. I, I couldn't do it. That old saying that we've heard so many times, just let go and let God. It's a simple Christianese thing that we say, but it's true, man. Just let go. You can't. So many times, so many things that we try to do, and we wind up just making things worse. And as our lives just kind of crumbled all around us, so visible, just everything crumbling around us, I became angry. I was angry at God, I was angry at my wife, and just angry at life in general. And I internalized everything. Everything was an attack on me. Everything was, was, was a finger pointed at me. And I tried so hard to limit the visibility of the internal emotional damage that I was experiencing and that I was feeling and that I had endured through all of this. I tried so hard to limit the visibility of that and that only caused more emotional damage. I couldn't talk about what was going on to uh, people uh, that in my church uh, because I was the pastor. 
And there was one instance where I had become a little emotional. I actually had one of my staff members tell me that, you know, hey, I needed, if I'm in front of the church, I needed to be less emotional over things that were hard. And so there, there, there was nowhere. I had nowhere to go uh, in the church. I had places to go. I had godly men and women, other places that I could talk to. But I, 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 I didn't. I didn't go to them. Because I tried so hard to limit the visibility of everything, to look like I had it all together. And yeah, I was praying. I was praying every day, but I was praying pridefully. You see, it wasn't that I was praying saying, God, uh, you need to take this and do this. No, I was praying saying, God, help me to do it. I was praying, saying, God, why aren't you doing anything? I was praying, saying, God, I was blaming God. I was praying, but I was blaming. I was blame praying is what I was doing. And then came the thoughts. It's amazing how thoughts will creep in, thoughts that you never thought you would have ever, and they become so real. The thoughts that, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Uh, do what? Well, I couldn't do the church but more than that, I couldn't do life. Thoughts that everybody would be better off without me. Can't tell you how many times I had those thoughts. Thoughts of failure. I have failed. I am a failure. You, a failure doesn't define who you are. Just like a success doesn't define who you are. You are not defined by your endeavors. And yet we define ourselves by that. And it got to the point that I decided that I was done. I decided in my heart that life was no longer worth living. And I'm going to spare you all the specific details on certain aspects. And I wish that I had some incredible story of a miraculous intervention, and I don't. I just had decided that life was no longer worth living. And there was this overwhelming conviction at a specific moment that this was not the end. And looking back, I just kind of call it a God hug. And, you know, looking back, my life was literally falling apart at the seams. All the individual areas were, there, were still there. My family was still there. The church was still meeting. I still had my music. I was playing, writing, singing, all these things. But nothing was united. Each area was a competitor with the others instead of a complement to the others. The small tears in and throughout my heart, my mind, and my life had developed into gaping rifts, and I was broken because I ignored the small tears, and they just grew. The little things where they would rip, the only thing that can bind up the open wounds and tears, the stitching that holds together, is him. And rather than run to him to repair the tear, I just kept slogging away, expecting everything to take care of itself. That never works. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 9 says, and this is King James, says, You did run well. Who hindered you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion comes not of him that calls you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. What is he talking right here? Paul's referring to false teachers. They were teaching things that he had already addressed. That they were wrong, they were in error, they were, uh, it was bad theology, it was wrong. And they had, these teachers had come into the Galatians and had started reteaching this flawed doctrine and this bad theology. 
And Paul was saying, hey, you did good. Who was it that caused you to mess up? Because whoever has told you you have to be this, that wasn't God. This persuasion comes not of him that calls you. Whoever told you you had to be this or do this didn't come from God. A little leaven, leaven at the whole lump, a little thing, a little bit will affect the whole. It only takes a little leaven to affect the whole loaf. And I know that this is really used in church, uh, you know, the, the, the church per se, the, the body of the church. But it's, and it's true in the church, but it's also true inside of you. And it doesn't have to be false doctrine or false teaching, but it's anything little. A little compromise will cause your whole body, your whole life to be in compromise. A little anger, a little tear here, a little hurt here, a little bitterness, just a little tear in the fabric. And it affects the whole. It only takes a little. And so to sum all this up, I want to, Put three things out there. Number one, sickness inside does not always present itself outward. You know, Jesus said it's not the well who need a doctor, but it's the sick. And sicknesses, many sicknesses have symptoms that only the sufferer is aware of. Otherwise, they look perfectly healthy. A lot of people who are sick physically walking around, they look perfectly healthy. The only way that they are sick is what's inside them and they know it they feel it they know all about it but it's never shown it's true emotionally when our emotions are spiritual life when it's sick when it's broken when we're hurting when we're dying inside it doesn't always present itself outwardly so the person that you see at church on sunday that didn't talk to you or the person that you see uh, here and there and that laughs and everything is fine it, it, there is no cookie cutter that says oh they must be going through something outward presentation is not a reflection of inward health no matter how happy, how joyful they may seem, symptoms, many times only the sick know about them. So no matter how strong somebody looks, no matter how well they appear to you, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, understand that they could be sick. They could be hurting inside and nobody knows it. Number two, no matter how spiritual you are, it only takes a small tear in the stitching to rip your life apart. Just a small tear. That's where it begins, the small things, the little compromises. And if they're not addressed, let me tell you, when those little tears happen, and they will, they have to be repaired immediately. You see, we will always, because we are human we will make little compromises. We will have a little anger. We will have a little hurt, a little bitterness. We will have little sins. And when those things happen, it is important that we repair that break. We repair that stitching. Because the greatest fall and failure that you have ever seen began with a small thing. Just a small tear. And then the last thing, regardless of the fall, 
there is always the grace to get back up. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Micah chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Micah says, Therefore I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Verse 8, and I'm going to read 9 too. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I've sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me and he will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. You see, no matter how great the fall, there's always the grace to get back up. So think about that. Maybe you're struggling with being sick inside and nobody sees it. Nobody knows it. You don't have to to struggle with that alone. Find somebody, reach out, talk to them, share with them, open up, let people carry you. Maybe, man, you're the spiritual sort, but even now you're thinking, man, I, yeah, I've got a little bitterness. I've got a little compromise here. I've got a little anger here. I'm hurt a little bit here. There's some little things that you realize you got. Don't let them become massive gaping holes. Repair those wounds. Repair those seams. Take the word of God and sew that back up. Let God, let your relationship, and the love of God, let it be the stitching that runs in through and throughout your entire life. And if you've fallen, remember verse 8 of Micah chapter 7. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, he didn't say I can rise. He said when I fall, not if I fall. When I fall, I will get back up. When I, when I sit in darkness, not if. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. In the end of verse 9, he will bring me forth to the light, and I shall behold his righteousness. Listen, we're all in different places. We've gone through so many different things, all of us, different experiences, different situations in our life. Some have dealt with things that others never will. But one thing that we all have in common is that we need the love of God. We need the relationship with God to be present in every area of our life. And when we cut him out of an area, when we cut him out, when we break that stitching, it has the potential to make your entire life fall apart. No matter how spiritual you are, realize that you're a human and you make mistakes. Because I'm telling you, it's the refusal to admit mistakes. That's where the tear grows. That's where the rip becomes a rift. Don't let pride stand in the way of admitting that there's a tear. And regardless of how far you feel like you've fallen, regardless of how, uh, how deep 
in the doom and gloom you feel, there is always the grace to get back up.